HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by VisitNapaValley.com, the official page for travel to the Napa Valley, America's legendary wine, food, arts, and wellness capital. For more information, visit www.VisitNapaValley.com. I'm Greg Blaze, host of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food, we talk about music, with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, snacky tunes.
Save the planet. Yeah, it's a pretty good to-do list. Um, that was just Oland, who will be performing live in studio, who brought the Little Bits Korg synth, which is so cool. So cool. Uh, I'm one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. I'm your other host, Greg Bresnitz. Well, Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Oh, do you want to do it in unison? One, two, no. Come on. Welcome. Welcome. No. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll practice it. Yeah. Um, it's freezing outside. I, I know that literally everyone is talking about it, but it's so cold. Brain hurts a little bit. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, good to be in the studio with you, Broham. Yeah. Good to be back. Yeah. Um, we are very excited to have Jesse Kahn and Tommy Gallagher from Counter Culture Coffee. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Hey, thanks. So Thank you, guys. My first question for you guys since 20 year anniversary. Current 2015, everyone is like in New York is dialed in to pour over coffee, you know, uh, the uh, Japanese drip coffee, you know, whatever. We are so well trained. What is the coffee scene 20 years ago in New York like when oh. you guys are starting out? God, you know, counterculture didn't work in New York 20 really? years ago. Really? Yeah. We're a Durham, North Carolina based company. Okay. But I'll tell you, you know, 20 years ago in Durham, North Carolina and in most cities, the coffee scene probably didn't look demonstrably different than the way that it looks today. Yeah, because what? That was 1995? Yeah. I mean, coffee, I mean, if we all remember a little movie called So I Married Axe Murderer, the opening scene. Yeah. With Hello, I believe I ordered the large cappuccino. Yeah, exactly. Coffee culture was was in effect. Um, But what made you guys, so let's say the coffee, you know, culture is in effect. What made you want to dip your toe into the giant pool of coffee, if you will? Individually, or we can go individually and then together. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Kind of like you guys with the intro. Yeah. yeah. Beastie Boys style. Beastie Boys. Um, I got into coffee by accident. I, I just got a part-time job in coffee to meet people because I had moved to a town where I didn't really know anybody. What was the name of the place? Shout it out. Uh, it was called Murky Coffee. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, it was in not a great pun. Washington D.C. <laughs> not a great pun. It's okay. <laughs> Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Power Drip or something like that. We'll work it. We'll work on it. We'll, we'll work on that later. Um, so you're in D.C., uh-huh. Murky Coffee. Yeah. Barista? Yeah. Uh, how was your foam game? My phone game. Foam. Oh, foam game. My yeah. foam game was actually super tight. My phone game was awesome. I had all the apps. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. I was definitely texting people with the number pad. Yeah, yeah. playing Snake. Um, it was on the T9. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, T9. <laughs> um, yeah, no, my phone game was super tight. I, it just so happened to work at a coffee shop where the owner had won a barista competition, and a couple other people who were working there had won barista competitions. And it was weird because I just got it as, like, a part-time job. Um, but when everybody in the room is, like, noticeably really good at a thing, you start feeling like an asshole for not being super good at a right. thing. So then you just want to be better at other people at it. So it was just, like, kind of awesome, like, what was, what was your favorite design? Um, you know, sort of classic Rosetta-ish type okay. stuff. Yeah. So when did it flip from part-time job to career calling? Um, that place, Murky Coffee, was a place that used counterculture coffee. Okay. And uh, working there, uh, I became friends with people who worked at counterculture or would go on to work at counterculture. Um, and yeah, I don't know, just uh, knowing them and hearing about jobs that were opening up and my current job sounded like an interesting thing. So, can we just take a quick pause in the history for those who don't know what counterculture coffee is? Can you just give the byline on on what it's all about? Cool. Counterculture coffee is a specialty coffee coffee roaster based mm-hmm. out of North Carolina, um, and they are sort of unique in their sort of category from the perspective that they just do wholesale stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't have any cafes or restaurants, so it's exclusively you know providing people who sell coffee with their coffee. Um, and they are have always been kind of regional. We're becoming increasingly national. Um, but every major market we sell coffee in, we build, instead of a store or a cafe, a training center that's just a place for businesses that use our coffee to come and learn as much about coffee as they want to. Awesome. Um, so the idea there being like, we have this, we, we invest money in a facility that doesn't directly make revenue, but like, in theory, by supporting people who buy coffee from us and making them better at it, we're helping them improve their revenue, which will improve. You know, make revenue for us. So Full it's a circle. very indirect. Circle. Full circle. Yeah. 
Revolution. It's like a really cool, weird investment thing to do. So yeah, how'd you get into coffee? Uh, I got into coffee, you know, like a lot of people, I was in college, and I worked at a super, super dubious coffee shop in my college town. Name making, and why was it dubious? It was called the Black Sheep Deli. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do I need to say more? It was um, It was pretty awesome. Yeah? Yeah. Can you we made like, sandwiches. There were salads. Can you give, like, there one were, story of what made it dubious? We had, uh, we brewed, like, ten different varieties of coffee oh. every single day. Wow. And they were lined up, like like a sea of coffee urns this mm. idea being that you would like select your blend but it be- basically became like the soda fountain in like a like a summer camp cafeteria <laughs> where you just want to like put a little bit of everything into one cup yeah. which um, is how coffee was designed to be enjoyed. yeah it's exactly how because co- it's basically all the same so why so, not just yeah i want to i want medium roast so i'll take a little bit of the oh, light roast yeah i'm gonna take some of the dark this roast. ring of fire blend looks awesome i totally want to get into that but, uh, so yeah, I did that, and then uh, and then I moved to Seattle, and I worked for Starbucks for a really long time. Uh, uh, Star, like nine I'm years. sorry, yeah. I don't know that one. They're like a super small local Seattle. Oh, cool. spot. Yeah. So if I go to Seattle, look for them. You should go to Seattle. Okay, and cool. Look for them. They're in. The, Greg, write that down. Yeah, yeah they're in the, um, Yeah, I got it. They're in Not the market. Um, so yeah, I did that, and then I came to New York, and I did some consulting, like helping people build coffee shops. And can, can you name any of them that you built? I moved to New York to work for a company called OTG, which is a company that works in, like, in, they work in airports, but specifically I was at LaGuardia and JFK, and they were, they're like a company that works with chefs like Andrew Carmelini, and, um, you know, like uh, Riyadh and Lee from, from Balthazar mm. and Mineta, and they basically like, they pay, they pay chefs to build restaurant concepts that they can put into restaurants. Got so if you're ever in like... Wait, you mean airports? Yeah, in airports. Okay. Yeah, sorry. So yeah, yeah. if you're flying out like JFK and you see like, I don't know, if you're in like Terminal 4 and you see... Terminal like, 4, like bow Marcus down. Sam, yeah, exactly. <laughs> bow there down to go. that Shake Shack. You know what the, you the, you know what the power it. move oh, is? Man. Shake Shack? Shake Shack breakfast sandwich to LA, in and out, double-double animal style. Yeah. Ooh. I, wow. I, Straight I, to the I, cardiologist <laughs> for heart disease. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've that's done awesome. that many times in the last several months. It's, that exact move. It's a move. So I'm with you. Yeah, it's a it's a power move. They definitely put the Shake Shack at the gate where you fly to L.A. It's yeah, the big oh, yeah, like. Yeah. No, I know. I like when the out. line is long, you're yeah, in the Shake Shack. Yeah, line. well now they have now they have two. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's yeah, another one because yeah. people were too lazy to walk yeah, down. You walk. It's, they could, when you just get on a cart. They have a little, but it's, you know, but little it's like so you'll fly across the country, but you can't walk like ten. No, no, I won't. <laughs> you're not physically doing the flying. You're just yeah. sitting there for yeah. five hours. Fine. Yeah. So then, so you're helping open. Uh, so I was helping do so anyway. They hired yeah. me to like help them build a coffee shop that they could have and. Part of that deal was I had to figure out who the coffee roasters were going to be, mm-hmm. and Counterculture was a company that I respected a ton um, because they buy great coffee and the support is amazing. And so I, when that kind of consulting gig ended, uh, Counterculture had a job opening, and they talked to me about it, and it seemed awesome, and it has been awesome. So that all worked out really well. That's great. Yeah. Um, and what was like? When did you guys meet? What year? Uh, was there ever 2010? Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys go out for coffee? Yeah. We've been, been out for, for coffee. Many coffees. Yeah, since. we've had a lot of coffees. We've shared coffees. When you guys, all right, when you guys go out for coffee, what's that? What's that discussion like? I, I, I will say that my favorite. It's super we positive. We're man. really yeah. we love We're the coffee. Biggest pains in the ass. Oh uh, listen, I, I mean, I have my favorite cup of coffee in the city. I probably won't say it because I don't think it. We'll talk about it off. We'll talk about it off yeah, the air because I don't want to take line. away from uh, offline. Yeah. Um, but I'm not really like a coffee snob. Like, I think I, I look at it this way. It's really an awesome cup of coffee, and then there's and everything else is like meh, you know. Like I'm fine with a diner cup of coffee. Oh, that's a that's a, that's a totally different thing. It's okay. got a special place in my heart. Okay, it's got a time and a place. So you, a, it's sort of like the shake. Bug- it's like a Shake Shack or an Out Burger. It's like that is a different burger from the like super amazing other worldly like restaurant burger. And like you like them both, but you like them for different reasons. I don't know. A McDonald's cheeseburger is kind of a platonically perfect thing in its own thing. It's not like comparable to like getting other stuff, but it's kind of got like a slice joint versus like Roberta's. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's good to know that you guys. I mean, that's that to me is the true definition of someone who really enjoys food and beverage is they can respect the you know Peter Luger's or like the Keens or like the Stone Bard, and they be like, I will also get this street meat. Okay. Yeah, but let, you know, I think it's important to draw a differential there because the idea of the idea of quality as it relates to like sustainability and sourcing is really really important. So like the whole street meat thing, like we can sit here and be like, oh yeah, street meat. Like I can I can totally dig some halal guys, but like let's also recognize that 
that's probably it would be really really bad if all meat production in the world went towards the direction mm, of like of a four dollar giant styrofoam container of chicken no, of and course. like the diner cup of coffee is the coffee version of, of that whole, yeah and yeah. so like what counterculture you know and our peer group are really trying to do is is educate and elevate that product so that people are willing to pay more for it and doing that means they have to recognize that there's a quality differential there so i feel like that's an important point is um is the coffee industry that supports the diner cup of coffee as harmful to the environment or as bad as sort of like the halal meat supply chain you mean like it's i i, like, I personally am not not a person who is capable of quantifying that like okay. i'm not i don't have the knowledge to quantify okay. that but i would say the answer is it is bad whether it's as bad as that i don't know how to draw that like yeah. what do you, you know. it has the i mean yeah it's got its own things yeah. like i mean it, we, that gets into a, how do you measure bad? What are you measuring bad? No, of by? course. Sure. But I mean, you know, it's fair, fair trade, wages. Sure, right. If you want you to know, order, investing like, back into your growers, that type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're paying five dollars for a cup of coffee versus a buck. Yeah, I there's, mean, obviously, right. there's obviously a difference. Yeah, and understanding you know where your the supply chain of coffee. You know, coffee is a a product that grows. Not around here, you know. It's it's got to get here. It, right. it does not grow around. I here, got a I hydroponic coffee grow. There's no local coffee <laughs> in my apartment yeah. in Bushwick. Don't tell the cops. Um, uh, so yeah, it's got to travel, and yeah. then you got to brew it, yeah. and you got to roast it, and all of those things have an impact on the environment and cost money. Yeah, yeah. and so, so being I mean, transparent about like where the money goes into that supply chain is important. Yeah, I mean, like it's a super fickle plant. Like it only grows between Tropic Cancer, Tropic Capricorn. Yeah, uh, it has a. It doesn't like super hot stuff, but it also like needs. It can't deal with frost. You know what I mean? So it's like it needs to grow high up on a mountain in a tropical place. Things, places that are generally like super super pretty um but yeah. also like tend to be in like super developing parts of the world so it's just like you know you see coffee that's really expensive and you see coffee that's super cheap but they all have the similar geographic sort of requirements right logical requirements so it's like how can how can somebody like be able to give you that dollar cup of coffee from you know in one of those greek cups like what are right. they doing to those people to make that coffee so cheap? Right. Where are you getting, <laughs> yeah. These beans fell off the truck type of right. thing. Right? Totally. So wait, before we go to break, uh, where do you, can you name check? We didn't answer where you guys go for coffee. Oh. Uh, I am a huge fan of going to Little Collins. Oh, um, yeah. Which is a shop in Midtown on Lexington Avenue that I love a lot. I uh, also love our friends at Everyman Espresso do a really phenomenal shout job. Shout out. So good. Uh, yeah. And I will also throw in a shout out for Mylino, which is like my favorite oh, yeah. restaurant to drink coffee That's at. That's probably a good restaurant to tuck into on a day like today. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's okay over there. That place okay. is very cozy. Yeah. <laughs> and for you? Uh, I mean, I definitely am super fond of Everyman. Um, there's a place called Gotan that I really like in Tribeca. Um, and there's a place called Third Rail Coffee that is... Oh, Third Rail's great. It's great, yeah. Really, really dipping into those thirds. Yeah, yeah, right. That's the trend. <laughs> so true. Used to be Wolf Coffee, Wolf Brew, things like that. Now it's this. Um, all right, we're so post Wolf Society. Yeah, right now. Um, we're gonna take a quick musical break, and then we'll be back uh, with Jesse and Tommy. Play stop. You're messing with my mind. If you're gonna waste my time Cause each time I put my heart out on the line Make me believe then you leave Now I'm living with your life
You're not ready for my love. So don't. It's kind of lost your touch. No. This time I'm calling your bluff. You're. You're not ready for my love. We are joined in-house, Jesse and Tommy, Counterculture Coffee. Um, I have a question. Oh, yeah. Oh. From this side of the room. Jump on, jump on. <laughs> yeah, let me right. get back Brand. in there. Yeah. Oh, um, all, right, all right, everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Okay. Coffee. Dig no. Um, what is coffee? What is coffee? Uh, having uh, there be like so many coffee roasters and makers in New York... Um, some of the companies that you work with in the restaurants are incredible, probably some of the best. How is it that you were able to kind of build those relationships and like what kind of values did you align on um, building it with those? And, and if you could also name check some of them, that'd be great. Yeah, totally. Um, I think, you know, for us, we really, really try and work with like-minded people, which, you know, I think is about finding people that have a really, really broad care for all of the products that they serve. So I think it's interesting, you know, coffee. So there's like this world of food and beverage, right? There's the restaurant world and there's the coffee shop world. Mm -hmm. Coffee shops get to be these kind of like unique, uh, they're like the single issue voters of the food and beverage world. Mm -hmm. They're like all about coffee. They just serve coffee and then they buy pastries from mostly like pretty similar places. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to go to my coffee shop. And I know that they're focused on the product because it's the only thing that they sell. So like clearly they're focused on it. And I think I certainly have a lot of love for those shops because I love well-prepared coffee. And if your focus is not split to a bunch of different things, you're probably going to do a really good job with the one thing that you're focused on. So we think about like third rail, every man, little Collins, go tan, like these places that really, really like go hard for coffee. That's awesome. But when we get to work with restaurants, we have, you know, there's this broad spectrum of food and other beverages that come into the mix and we get to be a part of like a broader thing. And that's, that's really cool for totally different reasons. So I think about like, you know, our relationship with Rob Newton, who is a chef in Brooklyn who owns with, uh, with his girlfriend, Carrie Diamond. Diamond. Yeah. yeah. They, they own. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. totally. They've been past guests. Awesome. Yeah. Those great. guys are Amazing. high, high up on our Amazing. list. Yeah. Nightingale 9. I would, I would knife a guy for those two. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nightingale 9, Smith Canteen, Wilma Jean, RIP, Searsucker. Yeah. Um, RIP. Yeah. Did its thing. It did its thing, and it was awesome. Uh, it has sort of been reincarnated in, in Wilma Jean, too, yeah. which is really cool. Anyway, so, like, when, when we talked to, like, Rob and Carrie about, like, what does counterculture mean to them? And like, how does counterculture exist in a relationship with their kind of trio of food places? It's really interesting to hear. Cause like they are super focused on where they buy all of the different things that they serve, you know, and for them, I think counterculture fits this, this, this awesome part of their coffee program where we can provide them with education and we can talk to them about coffee in the same way that like them buying wines from the finger lakes means that they can like have a relationship with the people that they're buying wine from and like, have a dialogue. Uh, and so I, I think that that's something that's really, really important to us. We're, we try very, very hard and I won't say that we succeed a hundred percent of the time, but we do, I think a really good job of avoiding just being a vendor of a product right? in the same way that like, you know, you need paper cups. You can call two dozen people for paper cups. You probably don't need to talk to that person for too long about the cups that you're right. buying, but like you should want to talk to us a lot about coffee. And we very much want to talk to the people that we work with about coffee. Right. Uh, and so that's the relationship we're looking for is one where, you know, we're liking there. We want to be. We don't want to be sitting at the table, both on our phones. We want to no. be talking. <laughs> we want to be hanging out. You don't have to. Well, we've never asked you to name check, but has there ever been an instance where someone has gotten your coffee, you've gone in to try it, and they're just butchering it, and you just kind of go, "We're just going to kind of call this relationship." That's kind of the thing too about like being the vendor of a raw ingredient. You know what I mean? Like, I 
so uh, like companies in our peer group tend to also have presences of their own in a retail or cafe or restaurant sort of way so they can kind of control they have some control over uh the consumption experience by other people whereas what's kind of awesome about our situation is we exclusively rely on other people's businesses um and so that becomes a lot about like putting an emphasis on making people better at tasting things and cultivating the things that they like. So, like, you're going to make a product that you like out of our stuff. You know what right. I mean? Um, and sort of trusting that's what they do. Uh, that doesn't really give you the same sort of control over uh, how people perceive your your product specifically, but mm-hmm. it's also, like, a huge investment in that business and how, like, right. our, our faith and their ability to, like, just do things well in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's a... Uh, do you yeah, guys cool. do custom blends for these restaurants? We, really. we don't know yeah yeah that's kind of a unique thing too like a lot of most companies have some sort of way to accommodate that yeah um we've got a pretty tight product line we just kind of stick to the product line so like, what's what's some of the favorite coffees and uh that you guys uh work with and provide and what's the flavor profiles you know we have been buying a tremendous amount of coffee over the last couple of years from a cooperative in Yergachev, ethiopia called the Yergachev coffee farmers cooperative union and it is a it's a big co-op. They have a number of different kind of washing stations, which are the processing facilities uh-huh. where coffee gets processed from a cherry down to a green coffee bean. Uh, and we, we buy coffee from a number of those different washing stations. But the relationship is really great for us because it provides us, number one, we can buy like a lot of coffee from them. Um, the coffee that we get from them is of a really, really high quality, meaning that it is you know unique in flavor. It is well-prepared, so it lasts for a long time. Um, it doesn't tend to fade as quickly as coffees that are processed less well might tend mm-hmm. to fade. Uh, and coffees from, you know, Ethiopia is the birthplace of coffee. So the genetic diversity in coffee in Ethiopia, it, it surpasses any other place where coffee grows. Uh, and so the flavors that you get from, from coffees from Ethiopia are super, super unique. And as we, when we think about like our menu, being able to offer a bunch of different examples of coffee from that part of the world creates you know, real exciting opportunity for us to taste a whole ton of stuff that you can't taste in less genetically diverse coffee growing regions. That's awesome. And buying coffee like that too, I mean, a lot of there's there's a lot of small roasters who uh, buy, you'll start to notice when you start like cross-shopping a lot of coffee, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the coffee is the same coffee because they're not really necessarily in a situation where they can buy huge parcels of coffee from an individual or like a, a one organization. Um and so you're just sort of like buying them through an intermediary, and that intermediary buys a large amount of coffee, and so lots of people are shopping from the same intermediary. Um, so that that makes it hard to distinguish your product from other people's product. Um, and a lot of our buying is actually trying to leverage buying as much as we can from a person, so that that sort of becomes a coffee that's synonymous with us. You know what I mean? Which is our coffee for us in a yeah. way. Yeah. Um, if we can end on a poetic note. Ooh. <laughs> Dramatic pause. Um, Take a second each. Why do you each love coffee? Whenever you're ready. I think gotta think about that one. It's a, it's a thinker. I, I I love coffee. And I first got into coffee, and the reason why I still love it is the combination of like I, I you know I love food and beverage broadly, and coffee is an incredibly incredibly complex beverage. There's just so much going on. And I think the marriage of that, along with the kind of ritual nature of making coffee, those two things are what really, really appeal to me. I've worked in coffee, you know, for about 15 years. And I learned, working with counterculture, like, I learn so much from the people that I work with all the time. And that's totally what continues to drive me. Yeah, uh, I guess I got into coffee because of the social institution more than the agricultural product or the beverage. (laughs) Um, And, like, I totally am a person who enjoys drinking things. Um, But coffee is cool and weird because it's one of the only beverages that people drink on a super frequent basis that isn't already made. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's been made partially, like, roasted for you, and then you have to, like, make it yourself. And in the making it yourself, you become really aware really quickly about how much you need to really focus on making it. I don't know, like, the more or less, more or less attention you pay to making it, it's wild, it's, it becomes a wildly different product. So you become, like, way more engaged than most other things that you consume on a super regular basis. So that, I guess. Awesome. That's me. That's me. All right, well, Jesse and Tommy, thank you so much. Where can people go to find about counterculture coffee? 
You should definitely come to our training center on Broom Street between okay. Mott and Mulberry. And every Friday at 10 a.m., we open the doors to the public, and you come taste coffee with us. Do a little cupping. Do a little mm-hmm. cupping. Sometimes little cupping. we brew coffee, we hang out, we nerd out. It's yeah. a good time. What's the soundtrack there? Oh, man. We did a bunch of Hall & Oates last week, which Ooh, was pretty yeah. awesome. I put some Steely Dan on okay. pretty much whenever I've controlled the stereo. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like Run the Jewels was playing a lot. Oh yeah, oh, Run yeah. the Jewels. Is <laughs> wow, Which is the, you, you really just went to two very opposite ends of the yeah. spectrum. Well, we are the coffee know, shop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we get it. Coffee yeah. is diverse. Yeah. Coffee uh, is diverse. <laughs> totally. Um, and Instagram, social media, anything like that? Yeah, at counterculture under counter underscore culture, culture. Uh-huh. or on Instagram at at counterculture coffee. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming by. Thank you guys so yeah. much. Um, Come dr- drink coffee with us. Yeah. Um, we will. We Friday's will. Friday's at 10. Yeah. Friday's at 10. And uh, we have Oland uh, coming up live in just a few minutes. Holly came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked her way across the USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way. Later on, said he was a she. She said, hey, babe. Take a walk on the wild side. We said, hey, sugar, take a walk on the wild side. And candy came from out on the island. In the back room, she was everybody's darling. But she never lost her head. Even when she was giving head, she said, hey, babe. Take a walk on the wild side He said, hey, sugar Take a walk on the wild side And everybody here sings Little Joe, he never once gave it away Everybody had to pay and pay A hustle here, a hustle there New York City is the place where we say, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. We say, hey, sugar, take a walk on the wild side. And background vocals from everybody again, go. Hi, this is Moby, and you're listening to the Heritage Radio Network. Right now, we have Oland in the studio, jamming on some pizza. How'd you like that pizza? Oh, I love the pizzas here. It's my favorite pizza. Uh, um, I could hang out here and, and eat pizza and drink beer all day. Yeah, me yeah. too. Beasting, that's, that's my favorite. I'm so bummed oh, it's the, off the, the menu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you, you can't make a special request? Yeah, I do that every time I'm here. Yeah. I and, always ask for that, like, and they always make it, so yeah. it's nice. You're like, come on. It's that secret. The other, <laughs> is that what they mean by the other menu? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the uh, it's like uh, in and out secret menu of Roberta's. Yeah. You just got to know the pizza by name. Yeah. You just uh, have like a running list of all their past uh, classics. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is also a good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that is really good. Um, so welcome. Welcome. Thank you. So we... we uh, w- this radio show is obviously a family affair, as you can tell. There's a couple of brothers. Um, who? You and me. Oh, <laughs> oh, us. Uh, and I was reading, and I saw that you recorded some of your uh, last record with your family. Yeah. Uh, what was that? What was that like? Um, it's to me like uh, some people can't really get along very well with their family, but to me, like it's uh, they inspire me because they know me very well, and uh, obviously they want me to be happy, and they want me to make the right decisions for myself. So they're just like. Uh, they actually know about music. My mom's an opera singer. My dad's a, oh, wow. an o- organist, and I've, you know, I've s- 
sung and played with them since I was little, so I guess it's pretty natural for me to work with them. Did you have a family band? No, we did. Yeah, actually, we did, but I wasn't part of it. Oh, uh, yeah, I wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Um, like at every uh, family gatherings, they would uh, basically they all are classical musicians. So it would be like a string quartet and like uh, f- different kinds of flutes and stuff, and they would like form this uh, orchestral band. And um, sometimes I was allowed to sing a little bit, like background. Stuff, but or like play the recorder, but it wasn't really. Wow! Then you're like, I'll you show know. you. Yeah. Well, let me your band. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. What was the? Uh, and do they, do they let you play now, or like what was the process of making it into the family band? Well, it's funny First because off, do you want to do you want a tish box of tissues? Do you want to hug about this? This could be painful memories. It's, it's it's totally cool. But actually, like when I was a kid, I felt very different in my family because I wasn't that interested in. Bach and Beethoven when I was small like those were like the rock stars in our family uh, and when I was a kid I could you know I could hear those classical composers and I could tell the difference immediately what kind of composer it was I can't do that anymore at all but I could when I was a kid um, oh, that really lost that edge yeah that classical <laughs> yeah. edge <laughs> oh that that harpsichord riff straight Bach right there he's just shredding up and down that <laughs> but I got when I got into like school I found out that that was like so not very cool to know like which year that Mozart stuff was composed um, and uh, then uh, unless yeah. it was the uh, Rock Me Amadeus remix then yeah. that was pretty cool yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess um, I just started dancing instead. And I was a dancer for 10 years and didn't want to become a musician. Like, actually just really tried to avoid everything music. And then it wasn't until I got an injury from dance that I uh, kind of had to, you know, like music was calling for me. Had to explore it. So what was it? So, like, to to come full circle, like, how did you approach your family like recording with you? Or did you ask them or... I asked them, yeah, um, and it was it was really fun because I would be scared, like I would be so scared if they ever asked me to participate in any of their stuff because then it's that whole like classical, you know, certain ways you have to like look when you play uh, and like sit and stuff, and that would scare me. But like when I invite them into my world, it's my rules, and I can do, I can just relax and and. Do music the way I think it should sound, and uh, well, why don't we hear a song yeah. by, sure. by your rules? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the first song <laughs> you're gonna play for us? Uh, I'm gonna play White Nights. Okay, oh, great, awesome. cool. Be born. 
Awesome. It's great. Awesome. Can you, I mean, I totally freaked out when I came in and saw that you had a little bit custom, is it a synth, a modulator? What do you want to call that? Um, I would want to call it, uh, it's like a sequencer. It's like a, you can do, pretty much it's like Lego, but with music. So you can build, uh, oh, I think I'm still playing something right now. Oh. <laughs> um, Just for a live demo. There you okay, go. There got it, is. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like little Lego bits, but with music. So you can build like a synthesizer if you want, or you can build like a drum beat. And like, I've just like uh, assembled it in a way where I have like a, uh, a percussion uh, part and like a, a, a drum kit. And I can like, um, you know, just like turn and turn and, and do little uh, twists. Twist and turn and turn. It's so <laughs> like awesome. I, Little Bits is like one of the coolest companies It's ever. so freaking cool. Yeah. It's you, one of my uh, really good friends who, who like works with them. So yeah. um, like every time something is like, I want something to be slightly different. I'm like, oh, you should do, you should do this little uh, circuit so we can do that kind of sound. <laughs> yeah, and you're hey. like, three days later, he will come by with something weird. Oh. He's like, hey, uh, if you wanted to put that into the kit, that would be totally rad. Yeah. <laughs> so your official research and developer for little bits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's great. Uh, so I know that you're you're Danish. Yeah. And uh, have any? That's of- very good. That's more than most people know. Everyone be like, Are you Swedish? Well, you're we, Dutch. We've we spent a lot of time in in Both Copenhagen and Stockholm, oh, so we know the difference. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. I love Copenhagen. Good boys. Yes. Copenhagen, I think, is one of the most beautiful. Fantastic, wonderful. It's fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Chris, Christiana bikes and Christiana yeah. itself. Uh-huh. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> we had a, we actually had a good uh, meal on Christiana. Someone like made us like an open air like leg of lamb. But yeah, we hung out with these like Christiana gypsies who cooked us like this roasted leg. Of they lamb. were like the kids of the parent, like the kids of the people that moved in in the seventies. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's a pretty funny place. And tons of Jaeger bombs, which was not. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was curious if any of the culinary traditions from your family have like followed you over. Uh, to wee Brooklyn, like how I got over here? Or? No, no, no. Just like, do you cook? Have, do you like? Eat? Oh, do I cook? Yeah. 
I love cooking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually really into it. When I'm, t- when I'm, I tour, yeah, I think it's the same problem for all musicians. You like, you eat out all the time. And once you get home, you just really, for me at least, I like, I really love just spending hours and hours in the kitchen. Like, what's the first thing you uh, cook when you get home? Uh, Danish sourdough bread. Okay. Uh, it's something that is like one of those things I have to have in my fridge. Yeah. Uh, I eat it every single day. Uh, and it's like a sourdough that has like been passed through generations in my family. So do you have like a starter yeast? Yeah, like the same starter that all my family is using. You Wait a second, did you take it with you? Yeah, I, t- we, I, t- no, I, no I flew it over the lips. Atlantic. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. How many generations back is it? Um, I think a few. And it has never been can, broken. Can we have can Oh we yeah, have you can totally have some starter. Okay. It's well, like, I, I, maybe skip the starter and just a loaf. Yeah, we'll take a loaf. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. gonna... <laughs> Um, and these days I'm into weird stuff like brewing kombucha. It looks so. It looks like I have like you got your mother, brains in uh, formaldehyde in my kitchen. Yeah, I mean that's good stuff. It's stinky stuff, but it's good stuff. It doesn't smell so much. It just looks really odd. Yeah, but I like doing soups. Like I like doing like oxtail soups and stuff. Oh, like oxtail's that. great. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of a better time of year to do like oxtail. No, soup. right now, right? Oh my god, you like that nice thick piece of bread? Uh huh. Just curl into that. Sourdough bread. Sourdough bread. And what is the, um, before you go on, on tour, what's like the last thing that you make for yourself before you know, like you're heading out for a few months? Uh, the last thing I make for myself, that is probably something that has like been cooking for a very long time, like a stew uh, or like a gumbo. Mm. Uh, I like things that Classic like have Danish been, gumbo, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, From the I do the. I learned the recipe for gumbo by uh, Dave Sidek, uh, yeah. uh, and like because we used to cook it when we were uh, making an album together. Um, so you know, there's this really great gumbo place in Aarhus that just that's where in Aarhus. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't no. believe you. I, I don't you believe know, it. Look, it's, it's on a back street. I'll, I'll show you one day. I'll show oh, you okay. Um, why don't we hear another song? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, what do you want to play for us? I want to play Nothing's Over. Okay, great. From a new album. Okay, great. I'm telling you, Greg. Fly to Copenhagen. Get three the, hour train. Get the gumbo. Get the gumbo. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also a great place for uh, hot chicken in ours oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Fried chicken. Perfect. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. Olan, again, live on Snacky Tunes. In my head, in my heart, of not packed. Moved on, now you're here, now you're gone. Turn the lights off and on, and we're so scared to choose when we win, when we lose. Cause love still lives here in your eyes, in your face. It's like nothing has changed, and I want to believe that it isn't too late. And my skin, when we turn.
Right? That, I'm, that was a dog, right? <laughs> Is that your dog? Um, yeah, that's my dog, Uyen. Yeah. Oh, shout out. <laughs> S- songwriting credits, like a couple points on the back end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like Blue Ivy, right? <laughs> you know? When the yeah, song- exactly. Beyonce's yeah. Yeah. dog? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> um, well, when we were recording that song, me and Tora, who plays uh, Keys right now, uh, we were producing the album together. And uh, my dog just kept, like, growling and barking when I was doing the vocals for this song because, like, I was doing a beat with a knife that he wanted to chew in. <laughs> chew oh, on. Oh. So, like, in the end, it was just like, okay, Ian, you've got to be on the album. Well, that's, that's that Danish saying, never get between a dog and his knife. Yes. Yeah. Have I, not, <laughs> yes. Actually, I thought that was Swedish. Yeah, uh, it could be Swedish. Could I don't, be Swedish. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, may have, I may have misspoke. Wait, what was, what is that... Uh, Modulator that you're playing, um, the, w- the one that Tor is that, playing. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, that, that's a Coretta Guitari. Can you hear Tor? Yeah. Can we get sound to the? No, nah, it's all right. Yeah. It's well, all right. He plays like a Coretta Guitari, which is a super cool like synth company, actually based in Brooklyn. Uh, and then he has like a, this crazy MS20 cork uh, thing that he has built to like uh, see through setup. It's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, everything is, like, custom-built. We are a little bit geeky in that way. No, it's great. I no, mean, a, lo- a lot bit awesome in that yeah, way. Uh, really, <laughs> I mean, a lot bit awesome. awesome. <laughs> so, what's coming up? What you got, what's, what's in the mix for you? Um, I'm going to tour in the U.S., um, probably from, like, around late March. Um, then going on the road for a couple of weeks, maybe six weeks or something. Nice. Uh, and then, now I'm just doing a bunch of promo for my album, Ersic. Um I need some remixes coming out with some like old yeah. snacky tunes. Lauren Flax is on there. CSS. CSS, Lauren Flax, Mrs. and Mr. Can, can we say how awesome Lauren Flax is? Isn't she the best? She's, She's the best. Yeah. Ray of Sunshine. <laughs> totally. Ray of Sunshine on a cold December day. Mm-hmm. Um, She's the one that convinced me to get hand tattoos. Uh, we can talk about <laughs> that. We can talk about that. <laughs> she has the best tattoos. Yeah, she does. They're just incredible. So you got the, the album, the tour... Mm-hmm. The sourdough bread. Sourdough bread. It sounds like everything's coming up Oland. Yeah. Where do you take the yeast on the road with you and like find time to, if you can find a kitchen, bake a loaf? No. Okay. I would definitely not do that because uh, the sourdough, it will grow like and it will like grow all over your your bags if, if you like keep it alive for too long. <laughs> we got a writer for an oven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. Actually, know I know musicians who have that tricky. He has like a writer for a little kitchen and knife and stuff when he, like, Pre- because he wants to like chop stuff up. Well, that knife is for his dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder if you could um, like send uh, like airdrop packages along the way with the yeast in like a frozen container. Greg, I'm just thinking about it. Well, Aww. it's very good to think about those yeah. things. I will take the future it into of dro- the future of drones. Oh, yeah. starter yeast. Yeah. <laughs> Drone drop. Drone <laughs> drop east. Um, all right. Well, we want to make sure that we have time for one song. But sure. where can people get the album? Where can people follow you online? Um, they can follow me on uh, Instagram, I guess. Oland Music. What's your Instagram game like? Uh, Photos of your dog? I'm pretty fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> lots, of, lots of animal pictures. Lots of stupid things in pastel colors. I love pastel colors. Love it. Um, yeah. And just like what we do with our instruments and... Yeah. Yeah, the instruments. I, I posted a photo up about the little bit sequencer because it's so cool. That might be the coolest piece. Yeah, of I po- like I post uh, most of the stuff we do um, so that people can like figure out where we play and stuff. Awesome. And when's the next time you're playing in New York? Next time is tonight. We're playing a show at uh, just for Fashion Week. It's uh, in I think it's a Gansevoort Hotel. But like Ooh. other than that, we play like. We play a lot these days, but yeah, I can't remember. I'm really bad promo person for myself. I think it's like early April at Bowery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well done, sir. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're like 
on it. Some would say April 6th. I don't know. Oh, my yeah. God. Look okay, at this Okay, I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Professional. Um, all right, so what's the last song you're going to play for us? Yeah, we're going to play uh, Head Up High. Oh, great. All right, well, thank you to uh, Counter Culture Coffee. Thank you, Olan. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Roberta. Thank you, Heritage. Shout out to mom. Shout oh, out and, to and shout out to SNL 40. Very excited. Oh, yeah. SNL 40. We, we were raising that stuff. Lauren, <laughs> we love you. <laughs> keep it real. Keep it funny. Uh, Olan, one last time here, live on Snacking Tunes. program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.